0: Welcome back to The Rollout. I'm Jeff Pratt, and joining me as always is Trent Henrich. How's it going, Trent?
1: It's going good, Jeff. How you doing?
0: I'm doing pretty well, man. Today, we're going to be keeping things very chill, and honestly, we're just going to have a conversation. Trent and I have each come prepared with a few things to talk about, both fantasy-wise and pure NFL football-wise. So, Trent, do you want to kick us off, or should I?
1: Yeah, I'll kick things off, and um, it's going to be kind of an interesting start. Um, I don't want to say it's political, um, but I just want your opinion on it. Uh, Very recently, the Redskins announced that they're going to be changing uh, their name. Uh, They're going to go away from the Redskins, and we don't know what they're going to be yet. Uh, But I just wanted to know your opinion on this, and if you have any ideas of what their name may change to. Well, to start
0: off, I think it's about time, and I'm not giving any credit to their owner dan schneider because he is one of the worst owners in the nfl and he's been fighting this for a long time the only reason he's doing it is because he's basically being forced into it and now he sees this as an opportunity for them to completely rebrand and gain financial uh, and gain uh things from a financial aspect so i am happy that they're doing it i'm just not happy about the way that dan schneider and the redskins were forced into doing it and in terms of things for their names i honestly don't know i've uh, i've heard a couple of suggestions i also heard that a guy trademarked or patented a bunch of possible names that they're planning on using so we'll see what they go with um i've heard red tails is one of the more recent popular ones as long as it they move away from the offensive language and demeaning nature towards indigenous people which is what reskins was unhappy
1: yeah i thought it was um, you know, this was happening for the for the wrong reasons, just because they were getting forced to it. It wasn't something they, you know, came upon their free will and they, and they thought, you know, we should change our name. It's the right thing to do. The public had to really, um, you know, voice themselves and force them into a change, which I think is not the way this should have occurred. And, and to touch upon what you said, I thought it was pretty funny as well that um, someone has trademarked a bunch of names that they thought about changing too. Um, and I'm not sure how that's going to go down in the following weeks, but they're going to have to come out with a name pretty soon because, you know, uh, preseason is going to come around the corner pretty shortly here.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's assuming that the NFL season does actually happen, which, you know, it's another thing we can talk about, but things aren't looking amazing right now at that aspect, but you're absolutely right. They are going to have to make a decision very soon. And I think they honestly already know, what name they're going with? I probably don't think it's a name that's been patented or trademarked by that guy, um, but we'll be hearing about that very soon. Uh, yeah, you know, it's it's a very interesting conversation because it brings up a lot of people claiming that other team names around all types of sports and major sports organizations need to be changed because they're offensive in similar aspects. And I say that you have like you have points with some of them, but none of them are offensive as the term red skin when you are using a demeaning demeaning language towards a I'm sorry I'm trying to just phrase this correctly but when you are using demeaning language towards a community of people like that and when I come, when especially when you're uh, talking about skin color it's very offensive, and you walk the line very tightly between what's okay and what's not okay and I think that we've crossed over into the territory where it's not okay for the last couple of years and now finally, Dan Snyder is submitting to yeah, that.
1: I think you said that very well, um, and honestly, I don't think I have to touch on that much more and I, I think that the, it's this is going away from football a little bit, but I think the Black Lives Matter movement actually helped bring this more into sight just because of how much more uh skin color has been a topic of conversation uh recently and red skin clearly is uh demeaning to like you said a community
0: yeah absolutely i couldn't have said that better myself so
1: what else would you like to talk about Jeff? yeah so why don't we move away from a topic that
0: we've covered a lot recently and in the history of our podcast and it's not going to be political or anything like that. It's actually going to be about Dak Prescott. Oh Dak and the Cowboys failed to reach an agreement on an extension today, which means he'll be playing under the franchise tag this year and is going to hit the open market next offseason. His brother, Tad, yes, Dak's brother, Tad spoke out on Twitter after the extension deadline passed writing. There was a reason I was never a Dallas Cowboys fan growing up or before they drafted Dak after today, Who knows how much longer I'll be cheering for them. You know, Trent, I've been saying that Dak is the future of the Cowboys for a while. But after that tweet specifically, things aren't looking great for that chance for him to be the future in Dallas. Personally, I think that if the Cowboys make the NFC Championship this year, at the least, they'll resign him. But if not, honestly, I think they let him walk. What do you think?
1: I mean, I'm not going to say I called it, but...
0: You did not call it. Andy Dalton is still not going to start by the beginning I, of this year. Dak is still – he said that he's committed to playing his contract out. I just think there's a good chance that if they don't have a fantastic season come come the postseason that he's going to be able
1: to stick around. I'm just saying in the grand scheme of things, I called Cam Newton. I've been saying I'm not in love with Dak. I'm kind of a fan of Andy Dalton. So I could, I, oh I could see God. him working in the system, starting to get some reps with the, with his first team. Don't be surprised to see Dalton starting to get some snaps when the season comes along and
0: I will be shocked, Trent, that there's zero chance that Andy Dalton starts on this team when Dak Prescott is healthy. Now we'll talk next year if Dak Prescott's even on the team, but Andy Dalton is there to help him and yeah, mentor
1: I think the the biggest thing I've been talking about is Dak is not a winning quarterback. And if he goes eight and eight, he they will let, like they will not re sign him. If they miss out on the- but Andy Dalton is not a winning quarterback. He's never won a But he hasn't out. been given the weapons that Dak has. That's the-
0: I guess so. You have to, but the whole point is that Dak is still young in his career. He's about to hit his first big contract year. you got to give him some time. Andy Dalton has had a pretty good supporting cast around him with the likes of A.J. Green, Joe Mixon, even Tyler Boyd. And I know his offensive line has been shaky, whereas Dak's has been fantastic. But their defense in Cincinnati hasn't been awful either. I'm just saying that Andy Dalton has proven to me more than Dak has that he's not aware. Well,
1: we'll have to disagree there because I think that you're thinking more of recent history of, you know, Bengals' weapons. But, I mean, Dalton basically had Tyler Eifert and that was his main target for the majority of his career. And, you know, he's had a couple winning seasons where he's done well. But the Bengals, historically aren't a winning franchise whereas the Cowboys are a very winning franchise uh, a winning organization who have lots of Super Bowls and they need a quarterback who you know can do that and they've given Dak plenty of opportunities in this system to prove what he's got and honestly I think he's underperformed and if he continues to underperform if I am Jerry Jones I don't want him back on my team I know he's
0: no, I agree with you there. I'm just saying that the notion that Andy Dalton is any more of a postseason producer than Dak is so f- has been so far in his career, I think is preposterous considering you look at his record in the playoffs. He's never won a game. And as for the notion, I don't I know you probably didn't mean to say Tyler Eifert was his main target, but he's never caught more than fifty two balls in a season. And A I I know we know both know that AJ Green is the main oh, guy yeah. there.
1: A- but I'm just yeah, like point AJ that Green, out. yes. Um and Tyler Eifert, but you were saying like Boyd and Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon then his like second or third year. I mean, Dalton didn't even play much last year. He's had injuries the past couple of years. That that he like Joe Mixon hasn't even been a factor in the granting of any Dalton's career. I'm just saying, I agree. Um, if I had to choose quarterbacks for uh, you know a, a bright future, of course it's Dak. But that's just based on age. If I'm just trying to get a Super Bowl run in a couple of years, I consider starting Dalton. If I'm if I am you know, the, the GM of the Cowboys, I might want Dalton as my team's quarterback, but that's that's just me. We, we, seem, we seem to disagree there. Um,
0: yeah, I, I do think we disagree because I just think that Andy Dalton, as your starting quarterback, your team's ceiling is capped at a first round playoff exit. Whereas with Dak, yes, he hasn't been fantastic, but he's a far more talented quarterback than Dalton is. I get exactly what you're saying, but I just think that if you truly are shooting for a Super Bowl which is what the Cowboys should be and Jerry Jones should be thinking that way. Dak is the only way you're going to get there. You're not going to get that with Andy Dalton competing against quarterbacks like Drew Brees in the, in the rest of the NFC. I'm just saying,
1: you know, Andy Dalton's first five seasons in the NFL, he won at least nine games every season. And I understand he hasn't won a playoff game, but I I was also a younger point in his career and he didn't have as good of an offense. As this Cowboys team has, and the last couple of years he's been stuck with, I mean, not much at all to work with, and he's also in a pretty tough division. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I think Dalton deserves a shot. I think his numbers are better than, than people, um, you know, know or, or believe in. We'll just have to see it. I mean, Dak may be the guy. He may be the future. The Cowboys could come out when 11 games go to the nfc championship game as, as you predict or it may not be that great and they let dak walk and they draft someone or they go with dalton who knows
0: yeah we'll see i just think like when we think of andy dalton and we're talking about his postseason success or not not postseason success his success as a starting quarterback we really are thinking about him from his young career up until let's say 2016 the fact is that he hasn't put together a season with over 3500 passing yards in four years since 2016 and Dak's, Dak dac prescott's qbr has been higher in each of those four seasons so i get what you're saying with andy dalton and if Dak does start to fumble a little bit i wouldn't be shocked let's say if they start out like two and six or something like that something preposterous like that that they throw andy dalton in there uh to see how he does but i just think that their ceiling is much higher with
1: Dak. yeah QB. I, I mean i can't disagree with that you- He's more versatile as a quarterback. Um, I, I I say we move on to a, a new subject, but
0: yeah, let's uh, do it.
1: You know, let's 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 stay on the topic of QBs, and I'm going to propose a question to you, Jeff. Do you think there is any chance a rookie quarterback can make the playoffs this year?
0: Do I think there is any chance a rookie quarterback in, can make the playoffs this year? As in lead years? their team, like as in lead their team to the uh, postseason. Yeah. So then we have to go through all the rookie QBs and and the ones that are going to start, or at least have a chance to start. So we have Jer- Joe Barrow in Cincinnati. Um, man, like I love, I love Joe Barrow, but I just don't think, I don't see them making the playoffs this year, especially in the AFC North. They're playing in a really tough division with the Browns and Ravens and Steelers. So I don't think that's going to happen. Miami, I've already told you that uh, I don't believe the Dolphins are going to make the playoffs this year. I know you're higher on them than I am. And I do think two is going to end up starting. I think they could have a decent year, but I'm not ready to say they're going to make the playoffs yet. I will say, however, I think that if Justin Herbert wins the job for the Chargers, that they have a good enough supporting cast around him to maybe make a playoff push, which is funny because I think Herbert is the worst quarterback out of those top three that were drafted. But I also think, that he has a chance to compete with the Broncos for that second spot in the AFC West. The first spot's obviously going to the chiefs, but I think that this chargers team is, is uh, talented enough. Whereas that if they put Herbert in the right situation to succeed, if he ends up starting, they can maybe make a playoff run. That's the most likely scenario. Yeah, and I
1: think he's in the most interesting position because that's a team that chargers team has had Philip Rivers at quarterback for almost my entire life. Like, 16 years Phil Rivers has been a quarterback for the Chargers so if Justin Herbert can get that starting job who knows he could we, we could find out that Phil Rivers wasn't reaching full potential and you know utilizing all those weapons in San Diego and that Chargers team could be a lot better than uh, we've all come to believe
0: yeah and I mean Justin Herbert has such a different skill set the field rivers as well they both have strong arms but rivers is much more of a pocket passer while as herbert is not afraid to scramble around the field he's really good with his legs he's got a huge arm but he's also much more erratic with his throws so i think there's going to be a learning curve there but i would say that justin herbert has the skills and i guess the skill set is what i'm trying to say to take this chargers team to another level if he can reach his full yeah, potential
1: I, I like that i think it's a bull prediction you can go with like the main quarterbacks and I also think it's it would be interesting because he'd have to fight for that starting job beforehand and if he can win that starting job I think that shows something about his character too and possibly his leadership um, heading forwards on this team
0: yeah absolutely so moving on from this Trent we mentioned Joe Burrow and one of the topics that I had to discuss was what are reasonable expectations for Joe Burrow and Cincinnati this year. So I'll let you go for it.
1: You know, I I it's kind of what I just talked about is Joe Burrow has been overcoming every, uh, so much diversity throughout his career. I mean, he started, he fought for a starting job with Dwayne Haskins on o- Ohio State. I think he broke like his left hand or his left wrist, lost the job, sat and then the transfer window change or the rules for transferring and NCA changed. He was able to go to LSU. He got the starting job. And then he, he turned that into arguably the most dominant season in the toughest conference uh, in college football and beating out powerhouses like Alabama. And, you know, honestly studying, studying the nation with what he was able to do and, if there is a guy with a certain mentality to bring this Bengals team from, you know, I think they had like a 2-11 season or, or whatever. I or, mean, or, sorry, like they won like three or four games last year. That was it. And if, if there's one guy who can completely turn around a system and, you know, have an underdog story, I think Joe Burrow is that guy.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Like you said, Trent, uh, I think you mentioned that Joe Burrow has overcome a ton of adversity uh, throughout his entire career, going from uh, his struggles to get on the field at Ohio State, transferring to LSU. And it is not tough to be successful as an LSU quarterback. Playing in Death Valley, it is harsh. They are not forgiving fans. If you do not play well, you are not going to do well there. And he really stepped up to the plate for Coach Ed Orgeron and just played his socks off for them and i think that you're absolutely right when you say he has the right mentality uh he's a winner he is not afraid to prove people wrong and i think that he and the Bengals could go big places in a couple of years but that brings me you know to the back to the original question is what are reasonable expectations for joe burrow and cincinnati this year and as i mentioned they're in a really tough division in the afc north um i do think they finished fourth either the Browns, Ravens, Steelers, and themselves. Uh, but I think that there's a chance they could push for almost a 500 season, maybe six to eight wins this year. Yeah,
1: I, I totally agree. And I think, you know, this team may not um, do as well as people may may believe this season. I think this is a team that, in, his, in Joe Burrow's sophomore and junior season, in the NFL, that's when it really starts to shine and things start to get put together. But I agree. I think this is a team that actually does win six or seven games this year, which is doubling their win total from last year. And for me, giving that, all of Cincinnati a lot of hope and to start rallying back behind their football team, who has failed for the past, you know, four years or so. They finally have someone to root for. They have a winning quarterback and someone who can turn this organization into a, a winning a winning organization i think joe Burrow is the guy they need this season may not you know be that great but joe Burrow could put up i don't know if if he starts the whole season maybe 3000 yards and you know 23 24 25 touchdowns something, something around there it's not going to be crazy he's got good targets but he's also a rookie quarterback and you can't set your expectations too high for a guy like that
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think if we look down the road uh, a couple of years from now, in the AFC North especially, Ben Roethlisberger is going to be retired. So the Steelers, whether you like it or not, they don't have the quarterback to replace him yet. Mason Rudolph is not the guy. Duck Hodges is certainly not the guy. Um, So they could definitely slide to the bottom of the division. And then who knows what's going to happen with both the Browns and the Ravens because the Ravens are such a dynamic offense. But if Lamar Jackson has a running quarterback, suffers a serious injury, then they could go back to being a poor team as well. And Cleveland, this is pretty much a boomer bust year for them. If Baker Mayfield doesn't perform up, up to expectations and they don't make the playoffs, they could completely throw away the script and uh, not rebuild, but retool to a certain extent. So down the line, a couple of years, I think Cincinnati is set up to be a very consistent team as long as they can hold on to key pieces like Joe Mixon, who they do need to sign to an extension. I think that's going to get done eventually. Tyler Boyd's a big piece for them. They drafted uh, T. Higgins out of Clemson. I think he's going to be a really good receiver learning under A.J. Green. I like
1: how they're set up for the and future. I think a, a big thing for the Bengals and for Joe Burrow is if he can start 2 o, or like 3-1, something around there, He's going to get a lot of confidence and this team could really get some steam rolling behind them. I mean, their first couple games they're going to, if the season happens would be against at home against the Chargers. His first game, he could be facing another rookie quarterback. He could definitely win that game. His following game is at the Browns divisional rival, tough place to play, but a winnable game at the Eagles. And then, Home against the Jaguars. So I could see him, you know, going 500 those first four games or even going, you know, 3-1 and one or something like that. And if, if he can actually do that and this Bengals team starts um, with a winning, winning record their first three or four games, they could be more dangerous than people believe.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you what. They pretty much have a lock for a win against the Jaguars. That's for sure in those first four games. But um, I think it is going to be tough to beat the Chargers – and the Browns back to back, but, you know, throw Joe Burrow out there and see if he can get it done. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Trent. So what do you want to talk about next? I'm going to keep it
1: for a little longer on the topic of quarterbacks and then we can move on. Uh, But I I, I am curious on your opinion on one guy who, you know, will hit close to home, but I want to know what you think um, about Cam Newton in fantasy this year and what his fantasy ceiling is
0: if he's healthy, his fantasy ceiling is a top 10 or top five fantasy quarterback. I mean, you look at what he's done in Carolina when he's been healthy the past couple of years prior to his injury, and that's the guy he was. And he has, in my opinion, much better weapons on this Patriots team than he ever had in Carolina. So he's still relatively young. I'm sorry for everyone who says he's washed. 31 is still a prime age for quarterbacks to succeed. In this league, A lot of people consider the early 30s to be a quarterback's prime. And I know it's different for Cam Newton because he's a running quarterback. But Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels are going to love working him into their system. They're going to run a completely different style of sets than they have with Tom Brady. I think this offense is going to be really fun to watch this year. And from a fantasy standpoint, man, Cam Newton's got a lot of weapons on this team. I love the potential of James White not to be Christian McCaffrey, but to play a similar receiving role out of the backfield as a safety valve. I love Julian Edelman. He's been getting a work with Nikhil Harry, I just and Mohammed's new as well cannot be counted out after getting off season ankle surgery and he appears to be as healthy as ever. So I just love it I love his potential in this office to be
1: honest. What I think is really cool about you know what Cam Newton's situation is and how good he can be this season if you know things go to plan. He is healthy and he starts the full season. I think Cam Newton fantasy wise Can finish ahead of Tom Brady, which, which, oh, absolutely, which would be in so many. I don't even know if I would call it a sigh of relief or how Patriots fans would feel about that, but I think they'd be pretty ecstatic to pick up a guy who they didn't even think could start for the Patriots this season, sign him, and then perform stats wise better than Tom Brady, who who is our goat and who is the goat come into New England we embrace him and he performs at such a high level it'd be quite a sight to see and I'd be really excited um if Cam Newton's starts this whole season and he's healthy
0: yeah I mean I'm with you there I think we can say as Patriots fans and as huge fantasy football uh players and analysts to a certain extent that This Patriots offense has been lackluster from a fantasy standpoint this last couple of years with Tom Brady at quarterback. There's just no flair to it. They didn't have any guys, even though Julian Edelman finished as I think wide receiver seven in PPR leagues last year. There wasn't this guy that made you excited, both from a real-life perspective and from a fantasy perspective. And Cam Newton throws a wrench in that, and he makes things exciting again.
1: This is a weird – might be a weird side question, but – um, for the viewers at home and, and something maybe you could touch upon. Let's say you were in, or one of our viewers were in a 16-team league with, with quarterbacks. Would you hesitate to take Cam Newton as your starting quarterback?
0: A 16-team league and quarterbacks. Um, I think 16 leagues, a uh, 16 teams, sorry, is still a small enough league where you can stretch for a guy – like like cam newton you you draft two quarterbacks around the same range i would say you could take a guy like cam newton but then you can also take maybe a guy like matthew stafford if he slips you take two guys around that area and then you just kind of play and see what happens
1: I, I, i personally think in any league honestly cam newton is someone who has to be drafted just because of what his potential could be even if it's a a 10 team league or you're in a a 20-team league. I still think Cam Newton needs to be drafted just because there is such high potential and high possible value if Cam Newton is Cam Newton of old and starts this season. So don't sleep on Cam Newton this season.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree
1: with you there. What else did I talk about, Jeff? Yeah, so we're going to
0: move from quarterback to running back because a huge deal got done today and one that we've been waiting for for a while. Derrick Henry signed a four-year, $50 million extension with the Titans. And in doing so, became the fifth highest-paid running back in the NFL in terms of annual salary, only trailing Christian McCaffrey, Ezekiel Elliott, Le'Veon Bell, and David Johnson, kind of an outlier there. But I think that's not that bad value for a rushing champ, honestly, the reigning rushing champ, and for a guy who's the focal point of Tennessee's offense. But Trent, I want to know, with that contract, is Derrick Henry underpaid, overpaid, or paid fairly? Personally, I think he's underpaid. Um, I think that. Interesting. Even knowing that running backs are expendable in this league today.
1: I think um, that Derrick Henry is kind of in that league of their own with special um, athletic specimens. There's no running back that is the same size as. as derrick henry and does the same things as derrick henry and i i was fortunate enough to watch derrick henry in person and i saw how he just throws people to the ground it doesn't even matter if you stack the box on him he runs through you he doesn't even see that you're there he just he, ha- he has a straight his, his eyes are looking forward and he just runs he, he doesn't let anyone drag him down and i think it's such a special talent to find someone at this size and to be this agile, he'll take you to the outside and he'll put a move on you and he's gone. But it, he, he's bigger than almost probably every running back in the NFL. I, I think he's underpaid. If you're saying if you tell me that Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson are paid more than him, I, I think Derrick Henry, especially on this Titans team, is the MVP of this team. He's the most valuable player on this offense and single-handedly carried them down down the stretch of last season and in the postseason, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, so I get what you're saying there. And from a talent perspective, I would agree with you that he is a top-five running back in the NFL, and he should be paid accordingly. But I'm also going to say this is not a great deal for Tennessee, and there's a specific reason. Trent, I'm going to read you a list of potential free the potential free agent running back class of the 2021 offseason are you ready? It. Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, Philip Lindsay, Marlon Mack, Kenyon Drake, and Todd Gurley. So, yes, Derrick Henry is the focal point of this offense, but at the end of the day, he's just an extreme version of a workhorse back. And I think that if Tennessee is serious about contending, as much as I love Derrick Henry they can't necessarily being affording to pay him all this money, especially when you have guys like Leonard Fournette, who I think could do the same job for them to a certain extent, if given the same amount of touches as Derrick Henry coming into the free agency next year. That's just one name that sticks out to me because he plays a lot like Derrick Henry and you could get him at a much cheaper price next year. You have enormous talent in the free agency class that year. So that's the only reason I'm hesitant to say this was an amazing deal for the Titans. Obviously, you have to lock up your guys when you can, but I just think that I don't know. I would have tried to get him for a little See, bit less. I don't.
1: I disagree with what you said because um, I don't know if the price tag on running backs is going to go down next year. I think it's actually going to go up. I think these guys.
0: No, it will. It will go down because there are rookie. There are rookie running backs entering the league, and everyone's getting older. And running backs are more expendable. They are, but they aren't
1: because if let's say Alvin Kamara resigns. I believe he, A lot of these guys are still on their rookie contracts, and they're going to require and request a lot more money than than you believe. And if the Saints aren't going to let a guy like Alvin Kamara walk. Well, that's not going to happen.
0: I'm not saying that Alvin Kamara is the guy, but I'm saying that Derek Henry with his contract becomes the fifth most, the fifth highest paid running back in the league. I guarantee you, guys like Leonard Fournette, Aaron Jones. Joe Mixon, potentially, although I think he gets a bigger contract. Todd Gurley, if he has a good year. Marlon Mack, Kenny Drake, if you want to go a bit more of a dollar store route of the elite guys, those guys are not going to be commanding that much Well, you would
1: think this this is a re-sign. I think there's a big difference between a re-sign and, uh, and free agency guys because a lot of those guys are going to re-sign with a the team they're on and going to get paid. I, I think after next season, Derek Henry is going to be the – like eighth or ninth highest paid running back. And you can't tell me I guess you uh, can't tell me it's right. Let's let's go but let's go through this running
0: back class, to talk about who we think is gonna re sign with our team and if they're gonna make more money than Der, what Derrick Henry is currently making, which is four years, fifty million dollars with twenty five million guaranteed. And I I'm I'm sure we're gonna disagree on some, but yeah, you wanna no go far. through it? All right. So Leonard Fournette Well he's not re signing. He's not gonna re resign. signing
1: so he's gonna be cheaper. It's free agency.
0: He's not resigning. And even if he was resigning, he wouldn't be making more. He wouldn't be making. He wouldn't be making top five the, play,
1: I think if, if the Jaguars actually like Leonard Fournette, I believe Fournette is younger than Derrick Henry, and he's he's just as good. So I I would disagree with that. But him, him himself and the Jaguars have their differences. So there's no way that would happen. So um, definitely less. But continue.
0: Yeah, Derrick Henry is only one year older than Lennon Fournette, and Fournette has had injury issues, which is the main reason I would say he would get yeah. less money. And he's also in—he's also not the focal point of that offense, whereas Derrick Henry teams are stacking the box yeah. to stop him. But I do get what yep. you're saying. Yeah. So moving on, Dalvin Cook. Here's an interesting one. I'll let you go.
1: I mean, if he re-signs, he's getting paid more. I think if he's a free agent, probably gets paid less. But I just... I dis- go for it. I just
0: I disagree, and I do think he will resign. But it seems like Minnesota is not budging off their twelve million dollars per year as their max for him. And I think that with his, he's gonna have to blow this season out of the park if he even plays. If he holds out, he's definitely not getting that money. But if he plays, then and he has a fantastic season, then I'll be with you there. Who do you think is
1: more special talent, Dalvin Cook or Derek (laughs) Henry?
0: It's a tough one, but there are different running backs. I'd say potential wise Dalvin Cook probably, but he also has injury concerns,
1: so, and what I'm hearing is Dalvin Cook probably should get paid a couple million less
0: Dalvin cook should should be I'm saying Dalvin cook' if we're going out of potential, Dalvin Cook should be getting yes but more because he's but based on his history, I think Dalvin Cook will be getting
1: less money than Derek yeah, Henry has he reserves right less because he's banged up and yeah. I, I don't think he's as gifted talent wise or physical specimen wise is Derek Henry. So I, I think Derek Dallin Kirk deserves to get paid less. So I, I have no problem with that.
0: Yeah. So all right, Aaron Jones. Less. Less. No question. Same page there. Joe, Joe more. Makes... More as well. I'll go he's with young. you that one.
1: That's the first one I will say confidently. He's he's, more. he's he's a lot younger and he's pretty damn good talent. So definitely more.
0: I you watch his highlight, man. I'm more and more inclined to say that he's a top three running back talent wise in the NFL.
1: He is so talented. It's a bull, but we'll move on
0: from that. Oh. It, it, it is a bull. All right, Alvin. I on. think he gets paid more. I don't know. Definitely, and I, I think he should. No, no, I think he should because he is the most talented running back out of this this group. I'll say that. Besides maybe Joe Mixon, I will say that with confidence. But as not. Like they're clear cut number one back. They're running Latavius Murray a lot more, and let's if he doesn't have another great year because he had a down year this year. I think there's a chance he settles for like twelve to thirteen mil per year. But I think he get. I think he deserves to get paid more. It all depends on how he performs. I mean,
1: thirteen this year. mil a year would be more than Derrick Henry anyways. So,
0: is that what's uh, Derrick Henry's annual?
1: I I, four years, fifty mil. Four years, thirteen mil. It's fifty-two. Million. It's twelve point five. So that'd right? be more either way.
0: Okay, so I would say thirteen mil is his cap. I,
1: I I think it's I think it can be even higher. I mean, mm-hmm. um, it it could be his talent wise, it could be. Uh, I I'm still gonna go with more. it. Does, it doesn't even matter. I, my my point is, I think Derek Henry deserves the money, deserves more money than than guys that are on this list. And after next season, he's gonna be about eighth on highest paid running backs, which I think is. Not accurate for where he should be getting paid. That's all. All
0: right.
1: That's fair. I mean, and then we don't even have to go yeah. through the last four
0: guys because Philip Lindsay, Marlon Mack, Kenny Drake, and Todd earlier are not going to exactly. make as much money. But um, yeah, you know what? We're just going to have to agree to disagree on that one, Trent, and we'll come back to this next, this time next offseason uh, when deals have been made and talk about it. I think it's going to be interesting yeah, for so sure.
1: Let me throw an interesting question at you. Um, Completely, completely different topic here. Who will be, who will be re-signed, or sorry, who will be signed first out of these three guys? Colin Kaepernick, Antonio Brown, or Josh Gordon?
0: Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown is going to get signed within the month. Really? I'd say. Um. Yeah, I'd say that. And I think the Patriots could be the team that sign him, honestly, from the rumors that have been swirling. But um, yeah, he's getting picked up, for sure. Whether he serves a suspension is a completely different story. But for his talent, and the teams that we've heard are interested, like the Seahawks, the Ravens, potentially, there are teams that are actively interested in Antonio Brown and exploring what it will look like to bring him on their team. I think he gets signed. Not, I don't think Colin Kaepernick, as much as I would love to see him on a team, gets signed ever again. I think his career is over. And Josh Gordon, I do think, will get signed at some point, but it's probably going to be later on in the year once he's proven that he has his act together again.
1: We'll see. I mean, I, I think I could see all three of these guys in the league by the end of this season. I lo- yeah. I'd love to.
0: I love especially Colin
1: Kaepernick because he, he definitely a- deserves a shot I think there are are teams that are gonna learn that they need a a, a new or at least a backup quarterback that, that's suitable.
0: So uh yeah, I mean and Colin Kaepernick talent wise, assuming he can play at the level he was when he was last playing for the 49ers, is a better player than almost every backup quarterback in the NFL except for maybe Andy Dalton, who you think is I mean, God.
1: He- He's better than some <laughs> starters like Mitch Trubisky, but we won't even get there.
0: Mitch Trubisky is not the starter of that team anymore. You know that.
1: All right, then he might be better than Dwayne Haskins. I don't know. Hey, Dwayne Haskins
0: got somewhat better. I don't know why I'm defending Dwayne Haskins because I think he's bad too, but he got somewhat
1: better. Either way, I'm taking Cap over Trubisky. That's a fact.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. for sure. No doubt there. I'd probably take Cap over Nick Foles for being honest.
1: Exactly. I mean, Cap Cap has <laughs> some really good potential. Uh, He could save an organization like the Bears, but uh, what else you got for me, Jeff?
0: Yeah, so I have one more discussion topic uh, to talk about, Trent, and I'm interested because this is a guy who you and I are both very high on this year from a pure football standpoint. We love his talent. It's Devin Mm -hmm. Singletary. I want to know what you think Devin Singletary's fantasy ceiling is with the touchdown vulture that is Josh Allen in that equation, as well as the addition of Zach Moss. Yeah, I
1: actually don't think... Um, I, I've, I've actually looked into this scenario the last couple of days. It's kind of interesting that you you bring it up. And I've started to hedge towards the fact that Zach Moss may eat in to Devin Singletary's carries more than I originally believed.
0: I never thought I'd hear the day when but you said I, that. I don't
1: know if it's going to come this season, but I think it is going to come. Um, I think that uh, Devin Singletary is a, a good back. But I, th- I think that Zach Moss is, is, is the right size to be a, a, a running back that has a lot of potential in this league. I think he's like 210 pounds. I think he's like 5'10 five, five, or something like that. It's exactly where a lot of the best running backs in the league are. And I watched some of his film from college, and he, he impressed me more than, than I originally believed. I, I'm still not because I, I do like Devin Singletary and I watched this tape too. I think it's almost like they're gonna have to they're gonna be a two-headed monster. Um maybe not this year, but I think next year. Uh but to, to go to your question, I think that Devin Singletary is still gonna have a good season. I don't think Josh Allen um being able to run the ball is gonna eat uh into uh the touches for Devin Singletary as much as uh, the addition of Zach Moss and actually Stefan Diggs seeing a lot more catches, having that number one wide receiver uh, on the Bills team, his ceiling. I'm going to say Devin Singletary's C- ce- uh, ceiling. Excuse me, is probably RB two. I don't think he can get to an RB one um, place, but I think a, a solid RB two is his ceiling and his floor. It's 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 lower than I originally believe, and I'll, I'll end it there.
0: Yeah, so I, I completely understand and agree with everything you were saying there. The point about Josh Allen taking touches away, that was more like a, being a touchdown vulture because Devin Singletary Terry only got two rushing touchdowns last year, and we know that the Bills love to use Josh Allen on the ground when they get close to the goal line. So I think that that's a very real possibility and threat. It's almost like the same thing when you had Cam Newton in Carolina and then whoever was there uh, running back before Christian McCaffrey, I think Jonathan Stewart. For a little while there, and Cam Newton was a bit of a touchdown vulture. But, you know, I'm with you there, Trent. I'm going to throw out a duo that I think is Zach Moss and Devin Singletary's potential fit on this Bills team, and I want to hear your thoughts on it. Zach Moss as Mark Ingram and Devin Singletary as Alvin Kamara.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I could see it. Um, I don't think that... I think they're definitely a less explosive version of the duo. Um, but I think that that duo is comparable to an extent. Yeah, I would agree with that.
0: Checking like skills, skill wise, yeah, and
1: I, styles. I, I, obviously, I Devin, think style yeah. wise, yeah, it's a comparable comparison. It, it is a doable comparison, yes.
0: Yeah, and obviously, Devin Singletary is not as good as Alvin Kamara when it comes to receiving. Kamara's kind of in his, uh, his own league with Christian McCaffrey and a couple of other guys up there. And Singletary is definitely more of an actual running back. But he is very explosive, I would say. But, you know, just to answer my own question um, about what I think Singletary's fantasy ceiling is this year, with Zach Moss and Josh Allen in the equation, I think Singletary, who got 151 carries last year, fails to get over 200 carries this year. I'd love to see his receptions go up maybe to around 40 or even 50, a 10 or 20 addition uh, on that aspect. And get that up, but I'm with you there, Trent. I don't think there's any way, unless he's insanely efficient, which he already was last year, that he pushes for RB one territory. I think RB two is his ceiling, and honestly, sliding in on his, as your RB three or maybe a bench player could be his floor, depending on how good Zach Moss
1: is. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. You know how much they actually work Zach Moss into the system. But I want to wrap things up with a final question, and I think a good question to end on um, for you for you and I to give some. Uh, of our opinion to our listeners is i want you to give me let's let's go with three give me three deep sleepers that you're looking to draft in most of your p or all of your pPR um, leagues this season and when i see deep sleeper i'm saying like tenth round or later like a, a, an actual or even twelfth round like I, I want some some real sleepers um for you to to to, put, mm. to keep people's eye out for when they're when they're drafting Okay,
0: yeah. Um, deep, deep sleeper. I'm going to go with a guy, Trent, that I'm pretty sure you've drafted in both of uh, our mock drafts recently, and that's Alan Lazard because you know someone besides Devontae Adams has to catch the ball, and Lazard really is, has established himself as that number two receiver in Green Bay with Jimmy Graham out of the equation. I think there's a chance he gets a ton more targets and translate that into good production, and you're able to get Lazard in well, like, 13th 14th round uh probably even later at this point so i think that's one guy for me um moving on you know just thinking about deep deep sleepers again i wouldn't say i wouldn't would you qualify deontay johnson as a deep sleeper trend
1: you can talk about him either way
0: yeah I i think he is because he is uh I actually ran a deep sleeper competition for a fantasy league that I'm starting. And Deontay Johnson is ranked below a 12th round uh selection in PPR leagues according to fantasy pros, if I remember correctly. So that I would say would qualify him as that. And I think that Deontay Johnson has the chance to establish himself as the number one wide out for the Steelers this year, whereas Juju's gonna play in the slot mostly. And I think that if Big Ben's healthy for the entire year, he could put up some good numbers. And then finally As a deep sleeper, um, hmm. I'm going to go with Damien Harris. That's a bit of a hometown pick. Uh, He is the Patriots running back, and that's just because Sonny Michel is a PUP candidate to start the year. He might not even be on the field uh, because of his foot injury and the surgery he had to do to relieve stress and uh, the damage that was done there. And if Sonny Michel, even if he gets on the field, it struggles like he did last year. This could be Damian Harris's job by midway through next season. So I'll go with those yeah, three guys. I
1: like the three you went with. Um, I'm going to go probably even deeper with my guys. I, I'm not going to lie. I've I've done some research for some of my. Um, I'm in a couple of 14 to 16 team leagues, so I, I've been experimenting with some of my drafts and trying to find some really good value uh, in your in your late rounds. So the first guy I'm going to bring up is Paris Campbell. I love Paris. Why is here yeah. for the Colts? Uh, a lot of it's a situational thing because the Colts don't have many um, reliable receivers on their squad. TY Hilton hasn't been healthy for a while. They have they're going to have a new quarterback in their system. Someone I mean someone's going to have to step up for this Colts team to be successful and, and the ball is going to be thrown at in Indianapolis. I think Paris Campbell is a guy you know can st- who can step up? I think this is his, This is either a second or third year in the NFL. And I think it's, it's a guy that Phil Rivers can definitely connect with. Um, so Paris Campbell is definitely a guy to look out for. I think his ADP right now is um, two hundred plus. So this is like this is an actual deep sleeper to keep your eye out for um, in all your leagues. Really. Uh, yeah, I like that. So what are your next? Few my guys? next guy is is very deep very bold I don't even it's you know. I don't even know if I draft him unless you're in like a double QB 16 team league but it's someone I it's a scenario I think that can happen um and that's Marcus Mariota Uh, Mm -hmm. I don't have a lot of faith in Derek Carr I mean he's been on this Raiders team for since I think 2014 was his rookie season 2015 was rookie season And he really hasn't been able to um, do much on on this organization. I think Marcus Mariota is a very capable quarterback. He kind of just faded out for the Titans, even though I think in his first or second season, he led them to the playoffs and he looked really good. He's a mobile quarterback is completely different um, from Derek Carr. And if they want to switch things up and Derek Carr is not getting things done with, you know, adding new targets like Henry Ruggs, they may have to switch things up. And I think Mariota, Mariota could be a suitable fit at quarterback uh for the Charge I mean sorry, for the Raiders this season.
0: Yeah, I like that a lot too. I definitely not the biggest Derek Carr fan, so I think Mariota maybe wasn't given uh, a fair enough chance to win his job back in Tennessee, which is why Brian Tannehill got that huge extension and he's in Las Vegas right now. But yeah, if Derek Carr starts to fail this year, Mariota could definitely step in. There's a reason he yeah, was brought absolutely.
1: in. absolutely. And then my final guy, um, I was actually inspired. Uh, I didn't even know much about him until our last, I think it was our last mock draft. It could have been also in our mock draft with our viewers, uh, but someone drafted him a lot earlier than I had ever expected to see him come off the board. Um, and that's Joshua Kelly running back for the Chargers. I think that uh, Austin Eckler right now is being drafted. His average draft position is probably around 16 or 17, Uh, but he hasn't ever been a running, running back. He's always a guy who gets a lot of catches. He's a PPR monster, but I don't know if he'll be able to handle this big workload um, that Melvin Gordon just left behind for Austin Echo to just fulfill. I think someone may have to step in and take some carries that were left behind. I think Joshua Kelly is going to be that guy and you know if austin eckler like i said is is more focused on a receiving back kelly could be um you know uh, a short yardage guy a guy that um could steal a lot of touchdowns if they just want to drive it down the middle so uh joshua kelly is my my last deep sleeper
0: yeah i like joshua kelly i would say that he definitely is going to have to compete with justin jackson for touches at that aspect for when they're trying to run the ball in early down situations and they don't want to give it to Eckler. But I think Kelly definitely has more upside, uh, more potential. And I love that pick.
1: I think this is a, was a very fun episode. We had a lot of great questions and great segments today. Yeah, absolutely. And that's
0: going to be a wrap on this episode of the rollout. We hope you guys enjoyed. And as always, we'll be back Monday with another episode. Stay safe out there, everyone. We'll